Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program, second important thing for us is to invest more on data science and product development, uh, wherein we want to basically make our services more intuitive to the farmers, more relevant. That's after these headlines. Facebook has rebranded itself as Meta, as CEO Mark Zuckerberg sees the future of the business being built increasingly around the virtual world of Metaverse that the company is investing heavily into. Zuckerberg was widely anticipated to reveal the new name at the company's annual Connect event, and that is what he did. Meta will now be the parent company of businesses that comprise the family of apps, including Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger and other services, and the Facebook Reality Labs, which includes the Metaverse effort. The name change also follows a series of revelations about the undesirable impact of Facebook, with its close to 4 billion users, as a platform for spreading hate and misinformation that were brought to fore by a former product manager turned whistleblower, Francis Haugen. Facebook's name change is similar to how Google restructured itself in 2015 with a parent company called Alphabet. Apple reported its fiscal fourth quarter and full year results and said it was moving closer to its goal of becoming carbon neutral by 2030. The fiscal year 2021 was one in which Apple sales rose 29% and the company made inroads into emerging markets. The maker of iPhones, iPads and MacBooks doubled its business in India and Vietnam, CEO Tim Cook said in an earnings call. Apple's fiscal year 2021 that ended September 30th was also one in which supply constraints due to the ongoing semiconductor chip shortage and disruptions due to the COVID pandemic hurt sales and profits. In the September quarter alone, Apple sales were lower by $6 billion due to these constraints, Cook told CNBC in an interview. Amazon reported its fiscal third quarter results, which showed the online retail giant had slowed down as America opened up after the COVID pandemic. Online sales for the quarter rose only 3% during the September quarter, compared with 13% in the previous quarter and about 40% in each of the multiple quarters preceding that. Overall sales rose 15%, helped by the continued strong performance at Amazon Web Services, the cloud computing unit, which grew almost 40%. Lightspeed Venture Partners, a well-known Silicon Valley VC firm that has multiple investments in the Indian startup scene as well, is raising more than $5.5 billion for early and late-stage investments, the information reports. The fresh pool of capital represents the largest fundraising yet for the 20-year-old firm, that made early bets on Snap and Affirm, according to the information. Rivals including Andreessen Horowitz and Tiger Global Management have also raised large funds. US VC firms have already raised over $100 billion in 2021 alone, Yahoo Finance reports, citing pitch book data. COVID-19 accelerated the adoption of technology even in India's agri and farm sectors, where previously, despite greater rural penetration, Smartphones were not being used by many. The increased adoption is helping agri-startups bring more services to the farmer's doorstep, from seeds and fertilizers to scientific advice to marketplaces for selling their produce. In today's interview, Tausif Khan, co-founder and CEO of Gramophone, an agri-tech startup based in Madhya Pradesh, tells us about expansion plans in a more digital Bharat after a fresh round of funding. 
here's more from our conversation. Tausif, uh, welcome back to this podcast and uh, thank you so much for making time at short notice. Um, for people who may not be familiar with uh, Gramophone, maybe you could start by giving us a brief background about the company and then we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, so, uh, Gramophone is a full-stack agri-tech platform wherein we work with farmers uh, uh, to provide them a right kind of advisory, supply agri puts directly to them and help them to sell their produce as well on the same platform. We have been operational for almost like five years and right now have a million plus farmers who use the full stack platform to increase their income and to uh, make the life easy for a farmer. When you when you uh, started out, uh, I think around four or five years back, uh, what was the idea that you and Ishant uh, started with? And uh, maybe you can also then tell us what the company has evolved into today. Uh, so, Hari, I think uh, the uh, basic idea when we started in uh, almost like uh, five years back uh, was uh, to be the partner for the farmers and uh, be part of the farming ecosystem. Uh, uh, what I mean by that is that we basically wanted to improve inefficiencies, uh, uh, work on the inefficiencies in the entire like existing uh, agriculture ecosystem and the second thought process which we had was that uh, there isn't a, uh, a lot of like technology adoption or technology penetration in general in the rural areas and specifically if you want to talk uh, uh, then agriculture was somewhere like left uh, uh, in the entire like last couple of decades of uh, overall work that has happened around tech front uh, uh, so our thought process was that in the next like decade or the next like few years all these things were is going to change because smartphone internet penetration will be like increasing and that uh, we were seeing that it is happening uh, so th with that basic like uh, uh, thought process we just started to build a tech platform and also have a, a good last mile connect with the farmer because we believe that uh, it has to be uh, an approach which is physical plus digital in nature which will be able to produce results on ground so we took a lot of time to basically build our uh, solutions for the farmers and now today if we look at it then the journey has been like uh, doing one thing at uh, a time and uh, 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 moving from building like on ground uh, i would say network with the farmers going on ground and talking to them and understanding the problems in the first phase and then uh, building your uh, technology android application and your entire like uh, uh, platform on which the life cycle management of a uh, farmer uh, or, or for various like crops happen today and then like introducing agri input which is where the farmers can now uh, uh, come and buy their uh, uh, whatever seed is required crop protection material crop nutrition uh, with right advice uh, and that part we introduced because we realized that only giving advice to the farmer about was not basically fulfilling our aim that he implements the same, gets access to the material, which is typically in terms of quality, transparency is not available in rural uh, India where they are buying the produ uh, products. So that is the part in the next like couple of years, uh, uh, 2017, 18, we started building. 
and then it was more of a centralized like model where the fulfillment was happening through center like setup and was basically like fulfilled across the state and we very soon like realized that this is a time sensitive delivery uh, that the farmer needs when there is an attack so therefore we started working on a physical uh, distribution which is much closer to the farmer so we set up another like sent uh, physical centers as well called as gramudaya centers and uh, these centers were started becoming the distribution point the demand was still like coming digitally uh, uh, and uh, uh, but these centers were acted i would say as points for which was uh trust building brand building and then finally distributions we were able to actually like deliver products and services to farmers within like 24 to 48 hours with this model and it was cost effective as well so that was the second like uh, step that we took towards mixing a omni channel kind of an approach over here where you have both physical and digital presence and then uh, uh later i think in the last like couple of years uh, uh, the journey has been uh, even more uh, i would say exciting uh, that a lot of things uh, in rural india is uh, very highly like socially driven uh, so the commerce and what purchases which farmers do is also between with discussion with the peers over there so what we decided that let's start onboarding agri entrepreneurs on our platforms we call them as village representatives so we built another product called as gram connect application which has all the features in terms of he can onboard a farmer then he can put in data about what is the crop that he is doing and what is the sowing date and several other like parameters so our entire tech platform was able to actually guide those people to help the farmers in turn to grow the crop and these people were also given like options to take orders uh, 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 at the last mile and uh, uh, then they were also the people who were fulfilling the orders at the last mile so this network we have also set up in the last like one one and a half years uh, 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 there are more than like uh, 300 people and we expect uh, to increase the it to 1500 in the next like six months period of time very we are very aggressively working on this so this is the, this element of social commerce and using the trust of the ecosystem in itself and giving them additional like revenue streams for to the people is something which is new which is seen in gig economy in uh, urban area but now we are bringing the same to rural areas as well and people are using like uh, uh, all the tracking systems they are effectively so we had to actually like spend a lot of time to train them but today it is working very fine so this is something that we did over the last like uh, 2019 20 and in 2020 post pandemic we uh, just thought that the input business is now settling and we need to do geographic expansion so we started doing the geographic expansion and then we also thought that now is the time that we should also start uh, helping from the revenue side for the farmer what i mean by revenue side is that helping him to sell the produce So we launched Gram Vapar, which is basically a e-market like a place where the farmers who are already there on our platform. So that is one thing which we have built over for five years period of time. So now we have also brought traders, then processors on the same platform, uh, and now people do their listings uh, from both sell side and buy side. And we are now building this version, which will be enabling the online transactions. there uh, and 
we are now working on this like parser it has become uh entire like right from seed till like selling of the crop so that has been our journey in the last like uh, uh five years i should say mm. uh over the last uh six months or so have you seen any easing or uh any signs of return to normalcy say, since the impact of uh, the covid pandemic on you know, agriculture farming in india no definitely i think uh, uh, see uh, uh, this particularly in businesses very much like uh, i would say prone to weather and other kinds of like risks but since it's a, not a lifestyle business it's not a discretionary like purchase it's a non discretionary uh, uh, uh purchase uh, over here uh, uh so uh, overall i think the impact uh, on the uh, farmers has been uh, minimal from uh, 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 from agriculture like point of view because these are activities which he has to do uh so we saw disruption in supply chains we saw di- disruption in cash flows we saw disruption in uh, uh logistically like doing things and that was difficult for the farmers as well uh because there was a lot of like uncertainty that mandis are closed now when will they be able to sell the crop when will they be a- able to have the money so that they can do the next like uh, crop but definitely i think at the last like uh, post the second lockdown uh, we are now seeing that everything is coming back to normal uh uh so all the impact in terms of operational like difficulties uh, uh, there were a lot of it but now yes definitely i would say that it is easing out mm. and did the did the pandemic expose any uh, new ways in which you could help uh, the whole supply chain with you know new, any new products or services that you could offer to farmers yeah so uh, like i mentioned that uh, uh, because of this pandemic uh we have seen that there is a huge jump in adoption of technology what i mean by that is earlier uh we have we have a gramophone mobile application which the farmer himself can uh download and do all the activities uh, on that but the adoption was lower like less than 10% people were coming from there even like it was around 4 5% all right otherwise it was assisted either through a call or the person on the ground who was using technology on behalf of the farmer uh now we are seeing that it has become closer to 40% which is coming from this channel uh so which is a huge shift i would say and we have also like focused on making this happen but naturally farmers have started adopting uh, this secondly i think avenues if you would look at the marketplaces on the output side the post harvest part that has become like pretty big in terms of uh, uh, farmers adopting them and at least like uh, we have started seeing that they are e- exploring options uh, so there are challenges in that part uh, that there are challenges of uh, uh, i would say payment challenges then quantity challenges but we are seeing that more and more people are uh, now uh, exploring that option that can i like sell my produce a little farther away from uh, the location that i am present can i talk to three more traders and explore the rates uh so these availability of things uh, is making them adopt uh, is increasing the adoption over here as well so i think these are the two important things which i feel are have been positive uh, yeah, overall uh and lastly i think now uh, because there is a lot of variability uh, that has creeped in 
and cost of cultivation is also like going uh, uh, increasing. Um, so therefore, adoption of technology and farmers paying for advice is something which we have seen as a model. We were giving that as a premium service. Uh, we very uh, we have start we started our pilot on introducing a premium version of the agronomy advice, where the farmers uh, uh, are actually paying for the advice. Uh, in FY 20, uh, 2020 and in 2021 we have started scaling that up there also we have seen that people are now uh, once you have built the trust people are now ready to actually like pay you for the advice that you are giving that is also a huge shift I feel uh, so these are the three four things I would say that has have uh, shifted and changed because now people have seen the new age like companies operating in their geographies for almost like three to four years so I believe like it's a mix of uh, uh, both uh, pandemic plus uh, uh, farmers themselves uh, increasing the adoption. And lastly, like uh, uh, companies like us who have spent more time in geographies. So the trust level has also gone higher. So people are believing in these things much more. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely it helps. Uh, uh, you, you, uh, as part of that, you, you said... Uh, uh, the cost of cultivation is grow is going up. Uh, what are the important reasons uh, because of which that is happening, and uh, how can a company like Gramophone help? See, uh, uh, so what we have seen over the last like five years is that um, uh, since the farmers, uh, uh, when they go in market, uh, so there are a lot of unnecessary things that a farmer actually like buys. Uh, if he is using seed, then uh, the right quality of seed and the right variety of it needs to be uh, basically like cho uh, chosen by the farmer. And that depends on the soil type, the weather conditions over there. Uh, and then secondly, in the entire management of the crop, the uh, if you do soil testing and if you ma do preventive approaches, so then your expense on the crop protection like pesticides, fertilizers is lower uh, and is the right like expense. So that is something which we are seeing that people are being more receptive to such kind of advice and implementing it on ground. And in terms of increase in costs, uh, a lot of times when people don't understand what the problem is, then they like make a cocktail of like solutions and something will work out. So that again, like increases your uh, cost. And if that not doesn't work out, if the damage to the crop is so much that you would start like using n number of things on that. So which actually like compounds the cost of cultivation. And that has been one of the major reasons because of which uh, uh, the cost of cultivation actually, if it has to be X, then it becomes 1.2 X, 1.3 X. And secondly, I think uh, uh, inflation also on the uh, input side, uh, the cost of uh, products uh, is increasing. There have been like a shortage of uh, uh, raw materials in the last like couple of years, multiple times because of uh, ma manufacturing issues. Uh, so uh, that escalates the cost of cultivation as well because your product prices are increasing. Uh, while like the on the output side, if you look at it, then the cost of uh, the price at which he's selling the uh, products uh, is for the farmer it doesn't like change a lot 
So therefore, his profitability is actually like go, going down. So these are the two reasons because of which I believe that the cost of cultivation actually like goes higher and higher every year. Mm. And today there's also uh, increasing concern about the impact of climate change on crops. What do you see uh, happening in India? No, I think see uncertainties for farmers is definitely like increasing. Like if you even today look at it, uh, uh, this year there have been almost like four to five like cyclones in the entire like year, uh, and then uh, which has actually like changed the rainfall patterns. Uh, now in MP where uh, I have been like staying uh, in Indore, uh, we have seen that the rains have been delayed. Uh, it was early in June, and then entire July it was uh, the rains were not there, and then in. Uh, uh, September again, like later part of the September rains like came back. Even in this month, if you would look at it, uh, uh, there are rains which have been there till even fifteenth of uh, October. Uh, so now this delays the cycle uh, for the farmer. If his uh, harvest cycle is delayed and his then sowing cycle for the next next season is again like delayed. So these uncertainties, uh, he would need a little extra labor and he would need uh, protection at the last uh, part of the crop. If the rains come in, then uh, uh, definitely like uh, there will be damage to the uh, standing crop. So then his expense automatically increases because he has to basically like protect his crops at that point of time. Uh, so climate change is becoming like a factor uh, year on year and it is increasing. And we are also observing that. So therefore, the risk mitigation mechanism. Now, this is something which the farmer can't do anything. So, but there are risk mitigation like uh, uh, strategies which the farmers can take. Now, these are micro insurance, weather insurances, but nobody is making it accessible in that price point and making it easy for the farmer to take it. And there is like education. Uh, uh, you have to educate them as well on this like front. So these are some of the things which the companies like us be uh, on now one by one introducing all these things. So at the end of the day, uh, a lot of it is risk mitigation for the farmer who is anyway like thin on his margins. Uh, so uh, I believe uh, to answer your question in short, uh, these uncertainties are some of the things that we are trying to make it certain for the farmer. As soon as this becomes, then definitely his variability in his profits increase. And we have seen that for n number of farmers today who have been associated with us for four years. There are people who have actually like bought cars and built their uh, houses because they have seen consistent income coming in. Otherwise, it what used to happen out of the four years, maybe there would be one year in which his crop would get damaged. And if he was in positive, he would automatically go in negative. So that is consistency is actually like required for them to actually uh, earn that uh, income on a consistent basis uh, for every year. If that is there, I think then it's not that big a problem actually. Hmm. You have yourself uh, now recently announced a, a fresh round of funding of $10 million. Uh, what will be the most important ways in which, be, in which you'll be spending this money? I think with this round of money, our focus would be on three primary uh, things. First is that we would want to actually like expand our business across geographies. So we are looking to add multiple states, uh, primarily in Central India and North India to expand operations. Second important thing for us is to invest more on 
data science and product development, uh, wherein we want to basically make our services more intuitive to the farmers, more relevant with a lot of like data, which already is there on the platform. So we want to invest on this front. And the last thing is that we added geography, uh, uh, sorry, we added output business and uh, uh, we want basically focus more on building the marketplace on the output side. These are the three key things that uh, we will be building and there will be certain new initiatives which are more on the concept insurance side. So as we start like uh, building the first three parts, then we move to the, uh, the, the initiatives as well. Okay, excellent. Uh, Tosif, uh, thanks so much again uh, for making time for this uh, interesting conversation and, and definitely uh, hope to keep the conversation going. Sure, Ali. Thanks a lot. That was Tosif Khan. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Thank you for listening.